0: Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you.
1: Welcome to another edition of Student Ministry Matters. I'm Dan Carson. I'm the director of Student Ministry Matters and your host today. I've also got with me Chris Vines.
2: Hey guys, great to not see you. (laughs) Gotta
1: love a podcast. You know, I've always said I've got a face for radio. And I think that pretty much defines who I am.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I've got the mustache for radio now. Yeah, you do.
1: You know, I wish people could see that because it was quite a shock the first time (laughs) that it came through the screen.
2: Yeah, yeah. Bringing out my inner Ted Lasso. There you go.
1: (laughs) Believe, believe. (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) what we're going to talk about today is Small Group Ministry in your student ministry and sometimes it is difficult sometimes it is hard Um, other times it makes a whole lot of sense and it is very easy but we want to talk about what it's like to have small groups in your student ministry but before we get to that i want to thank our our podcast partners central baptist college of conway they're engaging challenging inspiring they're all those things that your students might be looking for as they try to figure out the next step in their um educational journey. Let's call it that. Um, it is a great place, but have them check it out at cbc.edu or maybe you need to check it out. Maybe you need to finish up that, that degree, get you a bachelor's degree in Bible, um, that'll help with your ministry. Uh, they have a, a number of things that are available through their PACE program. Again, that's cbc.edu. Well, Chris, uh, You know, we live several hours apart. You almost live in Louisiana, as far down south as you do from where I'm at. What has been happening in Hope? Anything exciting?
2: Well, our uh, Burger King has got a complete renovation, um, hopefully going to be opening up soon. And so uh, in small town Arkansas, whenever uh, fast food joints get uh, a, a facelift, It means that people come out of the woodwork to see what is new. And so um, probably over the next month, there will be an unprecedented amount of people going to Burger King. And (laughs) then in month two, I might go. Yeah. Other than that, things have been pretty normal around around Hope these days. Well, it
1: is the same thing here in northwest Arkansas. I mean, you put in a new restaurant, people kind of lose their minds. which is kind of weird. Um, you would think, well, we got plenty of things around here. I remember when the Whataburgers went, went in, um, and it just, there were lines and lines and lines. But the biggest thing that's happening now is there is a new Chick-fil-A that's going to be about two miles from a house. And Facebook is blowing up. All the Christians have now found that they're chicken. And so we're headed uh, towards <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Nice. Uh, in fact, the, the funny thing is it's on highway 412 uh, that intersects with I-49, and you can get off there, and you can go to Slim Chickens, or you could go to Chick-fil-A or Popeye's, all within a mile, and so you've got the choice. You can find your best chicken sandwich, and if you haven't tried it, if you haven't had that opportunity, Slim's has a new Memphis barbecue chicken sandwich. It's a pretty good deal, so really? anyway,
2: you wow. know, Dude, I can't imagine what kind of hysteria would take place if Chick-fil-A came to hope (laughs) because here's the thing, Chick-fil-A in Texarkana, which is 30 minutes away from us, they have a a mobile truck and they have brought it to hope before and, and set it up. And it was, it, it, the line would rival Disney world lines. (laughs) Honestly, people were waiting two hours to get a Chick-fil-A sandwich they could have driven to Texarkana, picked up a sandwich, come back, eaten their sandwich, and done work by the time that they would have got their sandwich at the Chick-fil-A truck in Hope. But I digress. I don't know.
1: It's, it's crazy. People love their chicken. You know, I, I know that our very first student ministry workers retreat, I went and got Chick-fil-A because it didn't feel like a Christian conference if you didn't have a Chick-fil-A box lunch.
2: Well, let's just face it, Dan. It's not. It's <laughs> not a Christian conference if there's not Chick-fil-A there. So, I mean, maybe
1: I need to fall back to that again. Yeah. Maybe that'll help improve our attendance this year.
2: Absolutely. So, I think so. Well, uh,
1: talking about our, our retreat, it'll be in September, September 17th. So, uh, go ahead and pencil it in. It'll be at Central Baptist College again. It's a one day event. We've got Sam Burig and Dr. Jared Bumpers coming to us from Kansas City and it'll be sharing with us. And so, just hope that you'll consider coming to that. You can find more information at studentministrymatters.com or on our Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or any of those things. They're all available. Well, again, we're going to talk about small group ministry today and how that relates to our student ministry. But I thought probably a great place for us to begin is just to define what we're talking about. Because I know many of our listeners I'm in that boat right now, have a small group. I mean, you could say <laughs> we're always doing small group ministry because that's the number of kids that God has brought to our church and we have a smaller church and that's where we're at. But we're talking about something a little bit different. You know, as your ministry grows, there is a need to kind of reduce the size of your group. It can grow big by getting small, that that type of thing. But Chris, how would you define small group ministry for our listeners?
2: Yeah, so I'm gonna read something that that I wrote down for my particular ministry and then of course the numbers in it are going to vary depending on you know our listeners and the size of their group, but I, I defined our small group as this a discipleship group of for us four to five individuals who meet regular regularly. That's a hard word to say. It is to encourage one another toward Christ likeness okay i could say a lot more uh, but i wanted to just kind of make it a very succinct uh definition for our group and so this is something i shared with them this is the purpose right you're you're encouraging one another toward christ likeness and i think how we do that the particulars uh, is some of the things that we'll be talking about today in this podcast but yeah small group of you know even one to two well not one two to three uh <laughs> you can have a small group of one. Yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? That's how small I am. I'm in a small
1: group right now. That's what yeah, you say. <laughs> that's
2: it you can have your own small group, you know, encourage yourself toward Christ likeness. So, there it is.
1: All right, go, Chris, go ahead and read that to us one more time if you don't mind.
2: Sure. It's a discipleship group who that meets on a regular basis to encourage one another toward Christ likeness.
1: I love that. You know, it, that type of definition can help any size of ministry. You can be in a small church, you can be in a large church, uh, but what it does is it pulls your students into smaller groups, smaller units, and allows for a lot of good things to happen. And, and I guess that's probably the the next step in our conversation that I want to talk about. What are some of the values that you see, Chris, to, to having a small group ministry and whatever it looks like? You know, it may be different. I know it's going to be different church to church, but what are some of the values of having those groups
2: yeah sure so the first thing i'd say uh is that small groups as we're talking about them are not essential for a great student ministry right, right. yeah uh, they're 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 great and they can be done in a in a very good way that are beneficial for student ministry for students right but this is not an es- an essential component uh, in order to have a, a great student ministry. Right. Uh, but I would say that small groups, whether they be uh, two people or four to five people. Right. They're, they're meant to do some specific things. Um, and I, I would give you three. And I'm going to just say these you know, quickly. The first one is small groups help students connect with one another on a deeper level. It's easy in a group setting whenever, you know, whether it's like a Sunday morning worship service for people to come sit, listen and then leave. Right. Without really ever connecting. You can be a fly on a wall, you know, and and never really go the next step. So small groups, I think, are meant to do that specific thing to help students connect with one another on a deeper level. Uh, the second thing that a small group is meant to do is to give certain students an opportunity to lead. I think you would set, you would look as a student pastor in your group and you would maybe identify one, two, maybe three um, individuals who um, are not just willing to share, but are able to even teach to a certain degree and and share and to lead. And so a small group setting is a place where you can allow that student or those students to um, step out and lead uh, in a very specific way, whether that be just through hey, you lead in prayer this week or, hey, you you read the scripture text and be willing to share something that the Lord put on your heart prior to this meeting. And so you can use small groups as an opportunity to raise up student leaders. all right. And then the third thing that I would say a small group is meant to do is simply meant to stretch students out of their comfort zones. because whenever you get into a smaller setting, it's a lot harder, to hide, you you are um, you're you're there, and there's a level of of discomfort that comes. But I think that's the kind of discomfort that we want. We don't want anybody to feel singled out, right? We don't want anybody to feel unwelcome. But part of our task as leaders is to help students step toward things that they are not as comfortable with, and uh, and that's how growth happens. And so we. You know, we, we help students move forward um, in, their, in their walk with Christ. And so real, real quickly, say those again, help students connect with one another on a deeper level. Give, it gives certain students uh, an opportunity to, to lead, and then it will stretch students um, outside of their uh, comfort zones.
1: You know, as you look at the second one, um, helping some students grow in their leader, leadership skills and abilities, uh, let me ask this question should we allow students to lead those groups as being the leader? Let's say we put in a uh, implement, implement groups within our, our student ministry, but I don't ha- necessarily have a whole bunch of leaders. Like I say, I have enough for four groups, but I only have three other leaders or four or you know that type of thing. So what do you think about that, Chris?
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, my answer to that is, um, is yes. I think that would be, I think that would be ideal, but it's not always, uh, possible. Right. And so, um, I think there's a couple different ways you can look at that of, of what your overall purpose is. I mean, some churches have, have a, uh, a huge volunteer base of adult volunteers. Right. And, um, and I think this is a way that certainly they can lead small groups, um, lead students in this way, but, but I also think, you know, with that there's an opportunity for us to identify potential student leaders who can learn from us learn from those adult volunteers for the purpose of leading right yeah. and so let me i don't i don't know how to do this perfectly i don't think anybody really does i think we can all talk around ideas on this and and some some have have done it better than others right i would certainly agree that that man, there are people out there that I look up to. That man, they do this so much better than I do. But it's something I aspire to. It's something I want to do. Is I want to empower certain students while they're in student ministry to be able to lead their groups. Uh, and so, uh, a little over a year ago, I identified three guys within our group, and, and I approached them and I said, "Hey, let's let's start meeting on a on a regular basis and uh, go through some some discipleship. You know, and let's let's grow together." And so I we did that, and 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 I told them just at different times throughout the the process, I said, "Hey, look, I want you to know that we're we're learning together, we're growing together, but I want you to at least consider, you know, you doing this and leading a group of your own in the future, right? And uh, and now within our student ministry, we've we've implemented uh, small groups on a regular basis, uh, and and so I'm talking to those three guys, and I'm saying, hey. Now's your time to to step out of that comfort zone and to begin leading. Now, there's an adult in each of those groups as well, but um, I'm beginning to put a little bit more responsibility on them to to speak up, to lead out. and so that's just one of the ways that I think you can kind of move into that. But we also know this, Dan that that every every church is different right um, and right. and so like you know, some groups, I mean they have just some kids that are just like, next level when it comes to, to leading, you know, for for whatever reason it is. I mean, and, and, and I think the main reason is because they're, they love the Lord. They're, they're following the Holy spirit and they, and they want to lead in that way. And, and when you see that, um, I, I think there's, there's a whole nother set of things to think about, but absolutely. I think we should let students lead their peers. All right
1: remember it's not that far ago because she's just a freshman off at washita now but a young lady by the name of georgia we miss her dearly at the church on a regular basis because she's off at college but she's the type that i could have said okay i just need you to be in charge of the youth group for x amount of time and she could have done it i mean she she was the fca president um and she's just she loves jesus loves the word and could lead in that way. But then you've got others that take a lot more prompting, a lot more lifting yeah. up. But at the same time, we want to do that. We want to help them find those, those opportunities to flex the ministry muscles that's so right. that, may, hey, maybe somebody's being called to ministry. And yeah. that's that first step. I mean, I remember teaching one of my first classes to a group of adults was on choir tour, I think maybe my mm-hmm. freshman year. And just having that opportunity to teach some adults and go, I love this. I yeah. love teaching the word. I I want to do more of this. And yeah. and God just going, that's it. You know, <laughs> yeah. And so it's it's a real cool thing.
2: But yeah, absolutely. Well, there,
1: there is a lot of lot of value. There's a lot of things that we could we talk about. I, I mean, that connect piece. When students get into a smaller room, they may be connecting outside of of your student ministry. They may be hanging out. But, man, if you can prompt some of those things, to build yeah. those relationships, it's good stuff. Well, one of the things that we I want to talk about not only is, you know, looking at what this looks like, but what does this look like in our churches? Kind of what's the framework, that type of thing? I know that for me, small group has kind of been, at least during my time at Temple Church, it was very, very structured. It was like, you know, many of the, the student ministries, at least at that time, and and maybe still today, we would have half hour, to 15, 20 minutes of game time, playing goofy games with the students. Then we'd have a worship set. I would speak. And then we'd use the remaining time, small group to where they would pray and then answer some questions about whatever we had just talked about. Yeah. And for a lot of us, that's okay. That's small group ministry. But- that's not the only way to do it by, by any stretch. In fact, there's some other ways Chris and I were talking about what he's got going and I'm, I'm excited for him. And so Chris, share, share what's going on there at Hope.
2: Sure. Um, Well, you know, as we were talking about, I'm, I'm testing an idea. Um, Our uh, I've got a friend who is the uh, regional FCA coordinator for our area and and I was talking with him, I had lunch with him a few weeks back and he mentioned something that he was doing and it just stuck with me. It's something that I was already kind of thinking about in, in some sense. But then when hearing him talk about it, I was like, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I think I want to try that. And so I prayed about it and continued to think about it. And it didn't leave my mind. It, it stayed there. And And I was also thinking about my particular group and just some things that, that I've seen happen within our group. And, and for those of you who, you know, aren't aware, like I don't have a huge youth group. We have... Uh, anywhere from fifteen to, to twenty kids on a regular basis, um, and and so you know I, I knew we weren't gonna just have a, a massive small group. That, that's kind of that doesn't make sense, does it? But no, what it I meant doesn't. by that is like I, I didn't mean <laughs> I didn't mean we were gonna have I knew we weren't gonna have like you know five groups of ten students you know something yeah. like that. Uh, that's that's what I meant. A massive small group. We can define that now. Essentially, what what I've started this semester, what I'm trying out is. And every other week approach, and so um, one week I will I will teach. We will have a the normal uh, program to use that word as we normally do. We have a we we worship together. I preach, and then uh, we sing together. All of that, and then on the the next week we devote our time together in small groups. And so right now we're going through First Timothy, and so the way that works is I preach part of First Timothy, and then the next week in small groups they're going through the next passage of scripture in small group style. And so I create uh, certain prompts for them uh, and, and I encourage them in that week to be able to read through that scripture ahead of time so that they can come prepared, that kind of thing. And then when we're there together, we're, we're in small groups. And uh, and so it's an every other week approach. So they're in small groups twice a month, basically in that sense. Um, and, I've got a lot of great feedback from students and from adult leaders. And so uh, I'm really encouraged by, by the traction that I think is, is occurring right now uh, in that way. Does that mean that it's, it's a model that fits everybody? Absolutely not. You know, I wasn't even sure if it was going to fit us very well. And so that's, again, that's why, you know, I didn't say, Hey, this is what we're going to be doing forever. Uh, We're going to try this out and, and do it for a semester and see what happens. And, Um, So far, it's going really well. And Dan, before I pitch it back to you, I would say one thing in regards to why small groups, why we're doing it this way and why small groups can be somewhat hard for some groups. And it's really dependent upon time because uh, I know some student ministries, you know, they may meet from like they may have a, a two hour block from like six to eight or something like that, and that's just kind of been built into the culture of their church. You know, because right. yep. you know maybe it's just a bigger setting, and and so they're they're on site for a longer period of time, and so when you got a two hour block, you know you you get to be creative at how you use that two hours with kids there. You know uh, that kind of thing. For us, what's always kind of been built into the culture is one hour. You know and. At best, maybe an hour and a half. Um, but so our our Wednesday night is scheduled from six to seven, and for me to change that affects other things. I can't say six to eight because then I've got you know ki- you know parents with kids who are in other ministries, you know, you're right. um, waiting around for an hour or, or whatever. So it just doesn't work unless you change it across the board, and we're not going to do that. So you know, it's hard sometimes to have a meaningful small group just tacked on at the end of uh, a one hour time slot, you know, when you're have a, a worship set and you're preaching and then you're, you know, it always felt like if we try to do small groups, it was rushed at the end. And so I wanted to, I wanted to have a dedicated time where our students could connect. They're not rushed to try to get through something. Um, but there's, there's breathing time, so to speak. And so, so far it's, it's working well. I hope, I hope some of that makes sense.
1: It does, but I also know that when you structure it the way that I've done in the past, there has been those those moments that either the message had to be rushed so that we would have time for small groups or the small group would be rushed just so we'd make sure that they would be done by the time the the final bell hit. Yeah. And and that's it, because you you're dealing with your parents that have children that are in other ministries because yes. you can't rely on your students to be the ones that are driving themselves to and from youth group maybe there was a day when that was true but i know that for for many of my students even the 17 18 year olds they're like i'm not driving yet i don't want to do <laughs> so
2: yeah yeah so
1: let me ask some nuts and bolts questions i know that for me when we had those groups i would always have an adult person that go in. I had volunteers. I had a great team. Um, They would go in, they would ask a list of questions, kind of talk through and then pray with them. It was very formula driven. Um, but when you're doing what you're talking about, you can't do it all yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, you just, you have to be divided up. And so who is, who's working with those students or are they students themselves? Like we've, we've been talking about.
2: Yeah. No, no, I have, right now I have adult volunteers and, um, and I'm thankful for that. And so we, we have broken up into, uh, into four different groups. Essentially what I did okay. is I divided our guys into two groups and I divided our girls into two groups and that was our starting point. Um, and, uh, I, I wasn't going to get too, um, uh, picky so to speak on, uh, the numbers. Um, but I did, you know, we, we broke them up and, um, and and I wasn't I didn't like you know dish out numbers and try to like randomly, you know do all this because you know I, I just told them I said hey look guys y'all y'all break into these groups uh, and so they got into groups that they chose to be in right with gotcha. other people yeah and, but I also um, had prompted our adult leaders before I said hey here's what's going to happen here's what we're going to do so I, I, I there had to be some buy in I had to you know, throw out, you know, to them, Hey, here's, here's the plan. Here's what it's going to look like, all this kind of stuff. And they, they were on board with it and, uh, and ready to go. But I didn't, I didn't try to pre-assign certain kids to, to certain groups uh, in that sense. I, 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 didn't have to do that, thankfully. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, those, those adult leaders are leading there, but then also, like I said uh, earlier, I've got certain students Who are in each of these groups? um, Those three guys in particular that I talked about, uh, and and I've talked with them, and I said, "Hey, here's here's a certain expectation that I have of you in these groups." I was like, "I don't expect you to to be the one that's doing all the talking, but I do want you to come prepared. I want you to be willing to share. Um, I want you to step out and and pray, you know." And and so just nudging them in that direction, um, and and it's helpful for them to know that. You know, it's not all falling on their shoulders just right away. Uh, and the adults that I have are, are great at uh, at leading those groups. I really trust them.
1: Well, for a structure, one of the things that we did when we <laughs> divided the way we did, which was into four groups, we, we had high school guys and high school girls, junior high slash middle school, a boys group and then a girls group. And yeah. that allowed for some conversations to happen that were more age appropriate at times. Sure. Um, so that can be one one thing that you we all consider as as we try to implement small groups. Uh, but if you've got the right leader in there with them, they can help navigate some of those tougher things. And to be perfectly honest, our middle school, junior high kids are hearing as much as as us as adults <laughs> about certain topics. <laughs> they may even know more. And so it's important that uh, we have a believer kind of help lead them through some of those tough tough topics, but yeah. Well, uh, you know, one other thing that I want to talk about before we wrap up today is, is kind of what we've kind of talked about the structure, but about the framework, you know, what, what should these groups embody? What should be a part of that? Chris, what do you think there?
2: Yeah. You know, we were talking about this earlier and um, anything that we say that a small group needs to do Normally has already been said before, um, in yeah. some way. You know, we just kind of search for different wording, um, but we really don't find any. And so, there's no point in trying to reinvent the wheel. Uh, and so, the way that the way that I've structured our groups is uh, really after um, the model that uh, Robbie Gallaty and the late Chris Swain through Wep- Replicate Ministries, the way that they described setting up a what they call a D group, a uh, discipleship group which is technically how I refer to these groups on a Wednesday night to our kids. These are their D groups, and I've explained to them what that is. But it's, it essentially involves four things. Um, so I'm going to read them, and then I'll say a quick comment about it. The, the four uh, pillars, if you will, the four uh, crucial elements for a good D group would be Bible engagement, accountability, Scripture memory, and then prayer. Um, and so when you read off that list to students who are brand new into a small group, um, the things that that stick out in their minds, uh, at least I think they do, and, and can be very intimidating are uh, accountability, because we're like, okay, what does that mean? And then two, <laughs> uh, the scripture memory, because you're like, yeah, okay, man, you're going to yeah, make me memorize stuff. And so what I would say is throw those out there, say, hey, these are what make for a great D group. but. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. You know, start with everything at once, right? We want to work on doing each thing really well, and we'll we'll get better at it as we go. And so, when we started a few weeks ago, I, I wanted them to focus strictly on you know two things: Bible engagement and prayer. So, when you're in your group, um, I want you to I want you to check in with one another. You know, share highs and lows of the week, connect, all that kind of thing. But I want you to spend the majority of your time reading scripture together, talking about it, asking questions, right? Bible engagement. And then, and then I want you to pray for one another, right? Um, Those are the two uh, in their minds, I think, easiest things to do, you know, um, to get them into that small group mentality. Right. And then over the next few weeks, as we get better and we get to know our groups more uh, I think accountability becomes easier, Um, It'll just be a matter of, okay, how accountable do we want to hold each other, (laughs) you know? Um, And and it really depends on how much people want to share and trust within those groups. Um, And then, uh, and I'm not going to labor them too much with scripture memory, but I am going to, I am going to challenge them to memorize specific uh, passages of scripture as a group, you know, Um, and and even if that's one verse a month, uh, that's better than no verse a month.
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, scripture memory is one of those things that we often uh, relegate to Awana or uh, for some, some of our listeners, galleon, GMAs, um, Sunbeams, you know, those type of programs. Yeah. But The truth is, we all need to be memorizing scripture. We need to hide God's word in our heart and so that we might not sin against God. I think I've read that somewhere before. So
2: Yeah, that's
1: right. <laughs> It is important that we we engage in the Word and we encourage our students to engage in the Word and to pray for one another, and then to eventually get to that point where they're memorizing Scripture, because it's not just for the little guys, it's for all of us. And so, yes. uh, stu- you know, small group ministry is, uh, it can be challenging, especially when you think, okay, well, I'm a small group already. How do I do this? How do I get big by getting small, you know, that type of mindset. Yeah. So Chris, as, as we wrap up today, are there any other thoughts you'd, you'd want to share with our listeners about small group ministry and your student ministry?
2: Sure. Um, just quickly, I, I would say this, you know, you just said, said something that I think is is good uh, and it's thought provoking. You know, how do we, uh, how do we get big by getting small idea? Um, you know, I think within certain churches, um, as churches grow bigger um, to accomplish what you want to accomplish spiritually we understand the importance of getting smaller right of right. getting in these small groups and I, I think that's one of the the reasons why we have small groups um, again it's for people to connect on a personal level it goes back to that idea right there's accountability to it and so um, but like you're saying for for people who are already really small like, What's the, what's the purpose of these groups? Do I need to even think about doing it? And, and here's my answer to that, is when you think about reasons why or why not to do a small group, don't think so much about numerically. Think about depth, all right, spiritual depth. So in other words, don't think about uh, breadth or, or width or however you want to call that, numbers. Think about, okay, how is this, will this help my students um, that God has entrusted uh, to my care, will it help them grow spiritually in depth? Right, um, and I think when we when we understand what we're going after in a small group, that we want them to connect individually, all right, as church members, as uh, you know, students, one on one, two on two, whatever. Um, we give them opportunities to lead. We stretch them out of their comfort zones. I think all of those things we would say. Um, help them grow in depth. Right. Uh, And especially when we get to these, these four pillars of a group, when we talk about, okay, we're going to engage the Bible in a small group setting together. We're going to pray for one another specifically. We're going to hold each other accountable um, and ask each other how we're doing during the week and all that kind of stuff. Uh, We're going to memorize certain scriptures together. I think all of that, I mean, regardless, if, if your group grows in size numerically, you're growing in depth. Even if you've got three students that are there every single week, like these four things are are crucial, right? And so I would say don't try to just keep up with maybe the the big model of church and small groups and things like that um, in order just to keep up. Focus in on on the the spiritual um, depth of your students and and think through, okay, is this worth it? Is this something that we should do that would help them grow spiritually.
1: I think about my group now, you know, I have anywhere from six to eight, somewhere around there, depending if I count everybody and look for them all and try to find them. Cause you know, we're in this church revitalization situation and I think to myself, okay, well, what if I have two that really want to grow and grow deeper? Well, I can take those two and help them in a way that I wouldn't be able to help the whole group because they're at a different place. Yeah. And so that it's one of the ways again just going deeper helping them grow, investing in them That's right when I think about some of the the men and women over the years that that poured into me and poured into these really small group settings um, and how they impacted my life in the long term and it's yeah. just a, it's gonna be a really powerful thing And I sure others experienced it um, yeah and others.
2: Yeah. Hey, and not to not to go on a whole nother uh, run of words, but I I would say this, that one of the reasons why these kind of groups are important to me uh, specifically is because I don't want. And we've talked about this before, but I don't want student ministry, our student ministry here in Hope at Gare Memorial to be centered around me. Right. I, I want I don't want me to be the only one in the room. And so this right. op- opens up an opportunity, as we've talked about, for other adults, other leaders to come in and to be, be able to invest in students. And so I've, I'll say this. I've got a uh, a group chat with all of my volunteers. And one thing that I'm trying to get better at is um, sharing what we would call wins, you know, on a Wednesday yeah. night, yeah. encouraging one another. Hey, here's something that we saw. Here's something a student did. You know, this is this is good stuff. Let's praise the Lord together in this. And as I've done that other I've invited other leaders to start sharing things from their groups. And, and it's so cool. And it's encouraging for me to see other leaders share something that happened in their group that I wasn't even aware of, right. I had no idea happened, you know, until they just shared it with me. And that just reminds me that, man, this is, this is a good thing. You know, Uh, I don't, nothing needs to be centered or built around one person. Um, In fact, I think we would, we could all go out there and find, Stats of uh, the benefits of teenagers having multiple adults oh, uh, yeah, present definitely. in their life, speaking into their life.
1: Well, you've shared it before. I think it was the the bus principle. If you go out and get hit by <laughs> <Yeah>. a bus, <laughs> is the yeah. ministry going to continue? Mac truck, the Mac yeah, truck. Oh, Mac principle. truck. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> small group ministry is important. We. We believe that. Chris and I both feel like it's an important part of what we need to be doing with our students. Can you have student ministry without Small Group? Yeah, definitely. Uh, But if you can go deeper with two or three of your students, then take them deeper. Get them excited about the Word and excited about their relationship with Christ. Well, we are just so happy that you've continued to listen. We are over 100 episodes now. If you are Listening, let me just encourage you to share it with others, um, to write a review, uh, to leave those things so others can find our podcast. We've reached over 7,500 downloads. We have reached 45 states and over 25 countries. It's just kind of crazy stuff.
2: Whoa, only 45 countries? No, no, no. 45 states.
1: 45 states? (laughs) Yes. for some reason, no, I'm sorry, 46 states. We're missing four states that I can't seem to do. Where are they? What are they? What states are they? Uh, Maine was one of them. Come on, Maine. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, I think Connecticut.
2: Connecticut.
1: Uh, um, maybe Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah, and you were even there one time. I was so in I, Wyoming. I'm I I probably it from you Wyoming. You should have been the one, yeah. Anyway, so – Needless right. to say, we are thrilled by you guys just joining us in this conversation as we talk about student ministry and we keep going forward. So share it with others, let them know about our podcast, uh, connect with us online at our Facebook group or at our website, and we'll just keep keep moving forward because student ministry
0: matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at com, or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.